So how do you achieve financial freedom, gain wealth, and live life on your terms? That is the question, and here is the answer. I'm A.G. Osborne. Welcome to Cash Flow to Freedom. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Cash Flow to Freedom. During this crazy time, we have our 15-minute Friday, plus um, also really I want to focus on some concepts that are extremely important. Um, I talk a lot about wealth. I want people to understand it, understand what it means, why it's important. Wealth is obviously created, but wealth is created through systems. It's not given, it's not, you know, unless you're a lottery winner, but that's not even winning wealth. You're just winning cash. Most people lose it. Wealth is something that must be created, but there are systems that allow you to leverage and take your and create wealth and lots of times without you having to be there, right? The US economy and capitalism is a system of wealth. Now, when people say that system doesn't work, they're wrong. The system doesn't work for people that don't utilize the system. But that's totally different. The system works for people that are working in the system that creates wealth. So if you went back 50 years ago and purchased assets, Today, you would be have created so much wealth. If you just went and bought index funds that followed the S&P, right, and the Dow, and you bought real estate, cash flowing real estate, and you didn't do anything, like you didn't make any bad moves, you didn't over leverage, you didn't do anything like that, right, you would have gained wealth no matter what you did. That just is an advantage of being in the system and allowing the system work on your behalf. Now, if you want to gain lots of wealth, then you need to create systems, right? We call them wealth vehicles to produce wealth. This is a form. And when we say wealth vehicles, we are talking about businesses, investment strategies, structures through LLCs, right? And through creating value and capitalizing on that value. Right? These vehicles that you make then accelerate that wealth that is created in the overall economy. So yes, the people that are creating the wealth for everybody else in the economy by using these vehicle, they see exaggerated forms of wealth increase. Now, the beautiful thing about the wealth creation system that we have is even if you don't participate in it, you are still better off. Why? Because the system only creates wealth to those that do something for others. Now, you may not agree with what they do, right? There's lots of systems that create wealth that I don't even fundamentally agree with and I would not participate in. But that doesn't mean that they are not creating value and deriving value for someone else that wants those things, right? Now, you can say the wealth is wrong. They should have never gotten it because of more words or whatever. That's fine, but it doesn't take away the fact that it was created and it made some people happy, right? Or it made wealth. So this is a constant discussion that goes on. At the end of the day, the fundamentals though, if you're not participating in the overall economy, how can you expect to get economic gains? And the reason why we have this is because we want to incentivize people to do things for others, to fill needs and to fill demands. Now, at this most fundamental level, 
right? That's how it works. It's very hard. It takes time. You have to make the right moves because you have other people that are fighting to create systems and overtake yours, right? And that's how the customer has helped. This is capitalism, right? That's how this works. But when you're talking about wealth vehicles and creating one for yourself, it's just a way for you to leverage on what's already happening around you. Think of all the people that are using Amazon to create millions. Yes, Jeff Bezos is worth just ridiculous. He's the richest man in the world, right? But Jeff Bezos, and you know, if you take the FANG companies, the technology companies that we have, they have created more millionaires than any individual companies have ever created before. And so they do lift. Now, obviously, with that much wealth creation, their wealth is exaggerated. So when you look at it, and the first principles of wealth creation is how can you help other people? And I can't stress this enough. This is a simple attribute of supply and demand. If people don't want your help, then don't give it to them. Most of the time, people start up businesses, right? Because they either want to look good or they want money, but it has nothing to do with the end consumer and they fail. Don't start a business because you think it's awesome, right? Unless you're doing something or providing something for someone and you're willing to work for them and work extremely hard doing it, don't start it up. Don't invest in something that you like, but nobody else does, right? So this is the first step in the wealth creation cycle. Real estate, for me, is the, for me, I I believe that for everyone, it is the greatest wealth vehicle because the system creates a, 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 so the system of real estate is simple. Cash flowing real estate pays you while other people pay down your debt which creates equity for you over the long run, and it increases in value. So the spread of the paying down of debt plus increasing in value and the whole time paying you to reinvest to do it again, there are so few vehicles that can create wealth like it can. I'm obviously uh, um, partial to it. Now, with that said, real estate is not get-rich-quick but it's get rich guaranteed if you, as long as you don't over leverage and make bad decisions, right? The only thing that kills good, solid real estate is debt. Remember that. Now, if you want, though, if you're not patient and you don't want to slowly compound your money and make millions over five years or a decade, you want to now and you want to make mass amounts of money, that's when entrepreneurship comes in. I believe that these two things together right, creates astronomical wealth, right? Bill Gates, and something like 30% of his wealth actually came from Microsoft. All the rest of it came from investments. So utilizing your businesses to invest in wealth vehicles is a form of economic leverage that is just hard to beat because you get to participate in lots of different wealth creation tools. And as long as you're doing it smart, not risking the principal, living off the interest, right? Not off your principal. You're always having more and more money work for you. The interest continues to rise and it just creates a compounding effect that allows you to grow quickly. So when you're looking at wealth vehicles, you want to look at things that obviously have little downside, 
So you want them to be successful going forward. Now, this can be very hard uh, for people that are starting up businesses. But the key for me is if you if you're founding a business on a good service that has needs, wants that uh, people want, and they want to pay a premium for what it costs to deliver those goods or services or whatever it is, then just setting the business up right, creating the right wealth vehicle for the right road. We talk about you don't drive, uh, you know, a Ferrari up a mountain. It's not going to make it. So you need to make sure that your wealth vehicle is the right vehicle for that path. Now, that's really important. Lots of times people start up businesses through debt. I really dislike this a lot. Um, it's like anchoring yourself or putting economics against you and starting the business. Cash flow is king in businesses and lowering your expenses or bootstrapping when starting it out is really important because you front load in businesses work, right? So until you hit a break-even point of units sold or service being met or whatever that is, your expenses are all going to be there. So your startup expenses are huge, and then you have to scale up to it. Well, using debt to scale up acquisition of customers um, also is scaling up expenses with it, and that is hurts you on your break-even. So let's say you have a break-even point of five units sold a day or two cust- uh, tenants or customers a month, or if you look at it that way, however that is, your break-even point is a certain point along your expense line. The moment you add debt, though, that keeps rising. So now it's three customers a month. Now it's four customers a month. But you get the point. You're You're putting on more and more debt as you go up. I understand some people have to use debt for lots of different activities. But if you're starting a business where you don't know the end result, which that's virtually everyone's, no matter how tried and true it is. Um, I like the idea of getting other people to come in with you, saving up, starting very small, and then after it's proven, look at expanding it through through debt. But don't have an idea, get debt, and then test the idea. That is just, you're playing with fire, and you're putting obstacles in your own path. I can't tell you how many ideas I've had that didn't work out, that I thought were just incredible ideas. And that at the end of the day, I couldn't believe how blind I was. It's like, that was never going to work. You know, I, I started as, as for my MBA, one of my capstones, I started a company that was a beanbag, but like oh, instead of a water bed, it was a water beanbag. In order to hold the structure, we put a layer of like a, a layer around it that you could be filled up with air, the inside would be filled with water, then it would hold. You would put it in the upstairs. Anyways, long story short, I got this done. We had the we had it designed, engineered, manufacturers made it. We worked with people out of China, had the prototype, everything. I got it. And my wife looked at it and said, there's no way you're going to put that upstairs because how are you going to fill it up? And I literally sat there looking at it thinking, I'm going to have to run a hose through the upstairs window to fill it up upstairs. I, I know, hindsight's 2020. Now I I feel really dumb. It looks stupid. But at the time, I didn't know. If I would have got out and put tons of debt only to have a product that I couldn't sell, uh, right? But that's part of the process. You learn how. Um, and two, I did very little testing to see if that was something that people wanted. Instead, I had a, what I thought was an amazing idea. Driven by pride, I was going to do it, and it was going to be very successful. Um, but that was because it was something that I wanted, not something from others. So in order to create 
a business or even investment strategy, I don't care if it's real estate or anything else, you need your customers to dictate how that business should look. And you don't know that unless you're out talking to customers. And you need time to not only figure out how to deliver a good product to your customers in the correct manner, um, you also have to figure out internally how you can do that profitably. Now, this can take time. You have to work on distribution lines. and You have to figure out marketing. You have to figure out how am I going to hire people that can help me service these customers, right? Or these clients, if this is you working. And if it is you working, what do you need back? And what are the expenses associated with that? You need to do this. This needs to be very organic. So you need to have a fee- short feedback loops. You need to understand when you're starting out, You have a customer, what do they want? You have a client, what do they want? How do I get it to them in efficient that is not only quality and a good deliverable for them, but also you can do it profitably. And because this can take some time to figure out, your model isn't going to be perfected. If you include debt into an unperfected model, it's like setting a weight on a foundation that can't hold it and it cracks it and you can't recover. Um, That is the main reason I really don't like Um, debt that comes on that the revenues of the company have to supply and the revenues aren't tried, true, tested, or perfected yet. It just can be a burden that makes a good company not be able to survive. Now, when you're building out the right wealth vehicle for these customers, you know, I didn't ever think that I would be in self-storage. Now, it worked for me. It worked for the markets we were in and, you know, a lot of other things. Some people go into multifamily. There's all these different ways that you can go to it, but creating a process to execute the value. So for me, I'm turning around underperforming properties, right? I first have to obviously know how to do it, but then I had to buy a property and that property had to cash flow and be a safe investment for me to figure out all the things that I needed to do to make it perform at its maximum. Why I'm learning all the mistakes that I made on the first property, all the things that we did, I'm taking notes, I'm creating policies and procedures on the back end so that I'm, and while you're doing it, that's constructing the vehicle. Well, it, it took some time for us to learn and figure out, oh, this isn't going to work. And so that's why I think cash flowing properties are so important because it had to pay me and it had to pay the asset, it had to cover expenses and everything for me to learn. Or if I didn't know the risk of it going under with me, you know, at the steering wheel is high because you don't know what you don't know. And that's okay. That's fine. You don't need to. The process is how you make a wealth vehicle. I can't stress this enough. The process shows you and listening to your customers show you how your business should be built. And your foundation that you're laying will be around those. You're going to have to pivot. You're going to have to move. You're going to get feedback from clients and customers and tenants um, that you didn't expect, that you didn't know, and that will open your eyes into problems or how things should be done. And you're going to have to construct that differently. If you use debt to construct the house completely and then you go give it, it may not be what they want. And then you're in big, big trouble. So enjoy this wealth creation process creating a system that will continually feed you while creating wealth and allow you to learn and build. Give yourself time to make this work. Don't be in a rush, collapse it, ruin your idea and give up because you're like, oh, it's not working. 
it's not going to be perfect or work right out of the gate. It never will be, right? Our economy doesn't work that, and no systems of wealth creation work like that. As we can see, we have recessions, we have depressions, we have things that happen that you didn't know of and that you couldn't have expected, like the situation that we're in now. And so it's important that you give yourself room and that you allow yourself. So when you're looking at this creation process, be very wary of the things that will hook you or kill you if you stumble, right? Perfection is your enemy. No, do not, you know, do not expect perfection. If you have to roll out a business model that has to go perfectly, I never invest in it. And when we look at building projects, if the if the margin of error is so small that unless it goes exactly as planned, it's not going to work. I, I look at it and go, geez, I'm just not smart enough to do this because I know that there's a million things that I can't see or I can't do to execute on that correctly. And that's about, you know, Warren Buffett calls, you know, they, he has his margin of safety. And I love that. His margin of safety is really to combat all the things he doesn't know. And I have that too. I have that in my projects. At the end of the day, there's only so much homework I can do in understanding that thing has to work and has to survive the test of time, that system that I'm creating, and have it not be perfect. Because it never will be. I'm not, markets aren't, and my understanding of the wants, needs, desires of the marketplace can't be perfect because marketplaces change, right? And that's okay. A lot of people never start because they're like, I, I don't know exactly how this should be, or I don't know exactly how the ending should be. You never will, right? Getting started and not knowing and figuring out and solving those problems are how businesses, how investment strategies are created, limiting your downside. So I'm not saying, oh, I'm going to go all in, and if it works, I have figured it out, and if it doesn't work, I fell. That is the wrong process, Right? Maybe investing alongside someone that knows is a much better way to go about it for your first deal, right? Maybe starting up a business, but you're starting super small. You're not even creating a system of scale. You're getting feedback. You're not going all in. You're not buying a thousand units. You know, you're working with one customer who, you know, is small and they're willing to work with you. And then you can gradually go up from there. We did that a lot with our consulting business, right? New products, new systems come in. You don't try it on your biggest customer because they're hard to maneuver, right? The bigger you get, the more volume it is, the more things that you're trying. So if I have a new value service that I'm adding in to my portfolio of services that I'm giving my customers, I got to try it on somebody that we can, if it doesn't work, we can pull it out quickly, and it will do very little damage to the customer, and they won't hate us for it. Implementation and testing is small. You want to have small losses, right? Little small losses, big wins. And that's what this game is all about. Small losses that you can recover from quickly, recover, learn, pivot, move, and then once it's um, tested and once it's proven, go big. Okay? I hope that is helpful. I hope you, you know, as we're going through this podcast, you're seeing more and more of how you look to build systems in your life that takes advantage of wealth creation, whether that's piggybacking, whether that's creating your own, right? Remember, wealth vehicles are vehicles. 
you don't necessarily have to be the driver, right? You can be on the passenger, maybe even the back seat, right? But you need to understand where that's going and how it's supposed to get there. And you need to understand if you get in a Lamborghini and you're going to go four by fouring out in the desert, you're probably not going to make it. Right, It's not going to get to its destination. So you need to understand enough, even if you are the passenger, right? Banks do this a lot. They validate the driver more than the vehicle. Always, 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 always. Because banks understand I can't know everything about every investment strategy. I'm a professional banker. I am not a professional storage investor. I am not a professional multifamily. I'm not a professional whatever the business is, right? I'm not a professional uh, real estate broker. I'm not a professional consultant. I'm none of those things. So I have to look at the person, see that they failed, see that they survived, and see that they know what they're talking about, and then I bet on the driver. So when starting out, you need to prove that you can drive the vehicle. And that it's the right vehicle to get to whatever destination you're proving. That's when people back you. That's when banks and that's when investors and customers back you. That you show them that you know. And you know because you've tried, you've failed, you've done it. Much better than a success story is a failed, recovered, and obtained a new source of knowledge or way. Because what that means is you failed on your own time on your own dime. And people love that because they don't want to risk their money. They don't want to risk their leverage or anything else like that. So show them how you failed, what you've learned. And if you haven't, they say, well, if you haven't failed, if you're perfect, that's not, that doesn't exist. So that just means you're going to fail with my money. And that is never a story that you want to tell. So failure is part of wealth creation. It is part of the system America is not perfect. It never will be. It's a work in progress. Our economy is not perfect. We see have all these things that we can't see, but it's part of the process. We learn, we get better. Think about how much better and more prepared for pandemics we are going to be here very, very shortly. Keep that in mind. Remember that you don't need to be perfect. You don't even necessarily need to be the driver, but you need to learn. You need to start now. You need to work, fail small, go big, when you know what's what you're doing and when you can back it scale up to that point and don't don't use debt to prop up something that you don't know what to do or how to get it done that is a recipe for disaster and i don't mean failure i just mean unrecoverable failure failure's part of it but a nuclear bomb is not failure that's end game and that's what you want to to avoid you want to avoid you know death bankruptcy You don't want to not have another shot because with wealth, you always need another shot. Don't put all your eggs in one basket and when that basket's unproven and you don't know how it'll end up. Um, Be smart about it, right? And take advantage of all of these people that are working every single day in the economy to make all of our lives better, to make us more wealthy right? There's so many opportunities out there. It's crazy. There's so much wealth and money being created. And everybody is waking up in the morning, figuring out how to make other people's lives better, how to obtain good clients and customers, how to perfect their skills and learn. It's an awesome game that, you know, we all wake up and you're either working in a system or you're trying to create your own. No matter what, you don't want to be paid for your time. You want to be paid for ownership of a wealth creation system. 
And that's really what cash flow to freedom is about. It's about owning the economy, not just building it. If you're going to build the economy, you might as well own it too. Because that's where the exaggerated returns are. You don't want the benefits of the customer. You want the benefits of the owner. So if you work in a company that you 100% believe in it and you're making this company great, you better own a lot of stock in it, right? Or you better be working on a side business or you better be investing in cash flowing real estate, creating a system that can scale because you're creating this economy. You're creating this world that we live in. And in 50 years, you want something to show for it. That comes through owning the system, not just working in it. I hope that helped everybody. Get out there, be safe, be healthy. It's been a crazy week. We're going to drop another 15-minute Friday coming up to actually go into what we've been doing, some things that we've scrapped, taken off the table, some new investments that we're working on, and give you an update on how our businesses are performing within this crazy time when we are self-isolating. You guys want to learn more, see more AJ Osborne. That's my Instagram. Um, You can go look at that trying to produce more content, put it out there. I know I get asked that a lot. Um, I have never been a really good person in social media, but I promise I'm going to change, going to work on it. We appreciate everything you guys do. Um, Thanks for the great reviews you guys have left. It means the world to us and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of Cashflow to Freedom. Be sure to subscribe to us for more and feel free to check us out at cashflow with the number two freedom.com or find us on Instagram and Facebook. And also, if you could leave us a good review, that would really help us continue to build out our content and our community. Thank you so much.